0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to this message for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio for Sunday, October the 15th, 2023. Thank you so much for joining me today. My name is Melvin Gaines. Today's message uh, has a simple title to it Christ our Savior, and the subtitle is There is No Need to Fear. We appreciate you being here today. Let's go ahead and look to the Lord with a word of prayer, and we'll get started. Father, we thank you for this time that we can get into your word and hear you speak to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for your presence, and we thank you for the teaching that comes from your word. Lord, you want to teach us continually, and we thank you for the wisdom that comes from it. Bless us now, Lord, and we thank you and give you praise in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Here's a question to ponder for today. Do you have a fear of dying? Do you have a fear of dying? For starters, your answer to this question will not constitute a pass-fail scenario or being graded on a curve. It's a straightforward question. If you need help before answering it, let me provide a story of a person who lived an exemplary, selfless life, even in death. Joe Delaney was a two-time All-American athlete in football and track who played at Northwestern State University in Natchitoches, Louisiana. He was drafted by the Kansas City Chiefs and played running back for two seasons. In that time, he would set four franchise rushing records in 1981 that would last for more than 20 years. The team finished with a 9-7 and record that year, their first winning season in eight years. He was named the team's most valuable player and was voted as AFC Rookie of the Year. He made the Pro Bowl and the Pro Football Writers All-Rookie Team. Of course, his stature as professional football player called greater attention to his acts of benevolence. He paid for the funeral of a former teacher whose family could not afford it. It was on a fateful day in June 29, 1983, he responded to the cries for help of three young children floundering in a pond at Critters Creek Amusement Center in Monroe, Louisiana. I'll read an account from C.K. Reardon, a columnist for the Platte County, Missouri Landmark. Joe was at that park and became an extraordinary hero in the blink of an eye. Reports are that Joe instructed others nearby to call for help while he acted. You see, Joe Delaney could not swim, but he knew without his intervention, these children would surely perish in that pond of water in the park. Joe waded into the water and managed to get one of the boys to the bank uh, bank of the body of water. That child was saved. Then, as extraordinary heroes do, Joe went back for the other two children. He would never return from the water alive. The other two children he attempted to save also perished on this June day in 1983. Delaney, who was married with three children, passed away at age 24. His wife, Carolyn, remarked as to her husband's selflessness, He always said if there was any way he could help someone, he would. In the days following Delaney's death, President Ronald Reagan honored Delaney with the Presidential Citizens Medal, saying he made the ultimate sacrifice by placing the lives of three children above regard for his own safety. By the supreme example of courage and compassion, this brilliantly gifted young man left a spiritual legacy for his fellow Americans. It's been 40 years since Delaney's passing. And while he was a great contributor in the football world for a brief period of time, his legacy is more about his life of charity and caring for others. It's been 40 years since Joanna Noel saw her father, Joe Delaney, former Kansas City Chiefs running back alive as she was three months old when he passed away. His strong moral character and mission to do right by others drive Noel's decisions every day. Today, Noel, his youngest daughter, along with her mom and older sister, run the Delaney 37 Foundation, a nonprofit dedicated to serving the youth through mentorship, education, leadership, development, financial literacy, and the promotion of water safety. The organization prides itself on creating opportunities to build character as the youth transform into contributing citizens in the community. Joe Delaney lived, by all accounts, a life of love and selflessness, even in death. He did not fear death. His life is an example for us to look at and even admire But there are few who would make the ultimate sacrifice that he made. It is the greatest example of love you would ever see. Jesus tells us this very thing. Turn your Bibles and electronic devices to John chapter 15. And let's look at verse 13. John 15, verse 13. John chapter 15, verse 13. I'll be reading from the NIV version. Verse 13. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. He is telling us that love is the foundational principle in giving one's life for others. I'm going to challenge you with the premise that as you and I grow more and more in our relationship with Jesus, the fear of death becomes less and less prevalent. And as you trust in God and live a life of greater faith, you're going to readily declare the necessity for Jesus to come quickly. It's fitting that the very end of Scripture in the prophetic book of Revelation That Jesus affirms these very words. He says that He is coming soon within Revelation 22 three times. I'm going to feature the third reference here. Flip your Bibles and electronic devices now to Revelation 22. Let's look at Revelation 22, verse 20. Revelation 22, verse 20. Verse 20, English Standard Version. He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming soon. Amen. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Our fear of death has a remedy. It involves the sacrificial actions of Jesus on the cross for us. If you believe in Jesus and acknowledge your need for his salvation, there is no longer a need for you to be fearful of physical death. Jesus paid the ultimate price for us and gave us the ability to live forever with him. There is no greater love than this. He loves us and he gave himself for us, the people that he loves. Since Jesus has done this, it gives us what we need to overcome all of our fears with faith. Why is faith important? Because we cannot live a life for Jesus without it. Please turn to Hebrews 11. Let's look at verse 6. Hebrews 11, verse 6. Faith is a necessity. This will be from the Holman Christian Center Bible Version. Hebrews 11, verse 6. Now, without faith, it is impossible to please God. For the one who draws near to him must believe that he exists and rewards those who seek him. Let's take a look also at Ephesians chapter 2, just to build the case about the necessity of faith. Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 10. Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 10. Back in the NIV version. Verse 8. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God loves us so much that he even provides the capacity of having faith to us. It is given to us because of His love and frankly His patience with us. He gives us faith through his grace. With this love, there is no need to fear our physical death. We know where we are going to be when we leave the earthly realm. Faith is a necessity of life in Christ. A lack of faith has a way of slowing our growth potential. It is the strengthening that comes in faith that helps us along with each moment that we trust in the words of Jesus we are to look to the words of Jesus that he was sent by God during his first appearance on earth to be savior of all who look to him that's in John chapter 3 verse 17 in doing so he was carrying out the will of his father he was and remains the living manifestation of God's righteousness and our redemption Please turn to Romans chapter 3. Romans 3, and let's take a look at verses 21 through 24. Romans chapter 3, verses 21 through 24. And this will be from the Christian Standard Bible version. Romans 3, verses 21 through 24. Verse 21, but now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been revealed, attested by the law and the prophets. The righteousness of God is through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe, since there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. They are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. You might be picking up on some key words here. Grace, faith, and all centers are on believing that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ, our Savior, our perfect example of a selfless Redeemer. As we look to Jesus, we are to live in the same manner that Jesus lived. He lived an exemplary life, that we are to emulate as a reflection of his message and his character. Jesus lived out his purpose here on earth. Let's consider three attributes of Jesus that reflect his earthly mission as Savior for the world. Number one, his acts of obedience. Jesus' life was completely devoted to expressing the love of God through his obedience to the Father for the sake of those he loves. And that's us. Author Nicholas Needham writes of Christ having a passive obedience that is more reflective of how he suffered for us. In fact, Jesus embraced suffering, and he was also practicing active obedience in his character in showing us how we are to live in our own Life. Christ's obedience is a fulfillment of the law fleshed out in his human life. Please turn to Philippians chapter 2 and let's look at verses 7 and 8. Philippians 2 verses 7 and 8. This is the Christian Center Bible version. Verse 7. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on a cross. And so that brings us now to Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. Turn to Ephesians 5 verses 1 and 2. Ephesians 5, verses 1 and 2. This is the ESV version. Verse 1, Ephesians 5, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Hmm. I'm going to read for you Titus chapter 2 verses 11 to 14. You don't need to turn to it, just to follow along. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passage and to live self-controlled upright and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own eager to do what is good I hope you're getting that fact that We as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we are to emulate and live in a Christ-like manner before him and before others. Let's look at one more passage before we move to the next topic. John chapter 10, verses 17 and 18. Turn to John 10, verses 17 and 18. And again, this is about an act of obedience that Jesus implemented. Verse 17 of John chapter 10, NIV version. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. Verse 18, no one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my Father. Point number two Jesus shows us also how He is a Savior for us by His acts of servanthood. Jesus' obedience to the Father involved taking a lesser position. Now, His disciples, because of their association with Jesus, believed that they had earned a special, highly elevated position. Now, here was a teachable moment for them. I want you to turn to John chapter 10. Let's look at verses 35 through 45. And I can see how this would happen. If you're a human being, if you've been associated with walking the earth with uh, the Lord and Savior, the Messiah himself, and he, he was chosen, you were chosen by him to walk with them. that puts you in a pretty special place, uh, if not for your ego anyway, <laughs> but certainly the fact that you were spending time with him as you were. But we see what happens when our egos get in the way. And we're going to look at an account that actually is going to address that very issue. John chapter 10, verses 35 through 45. This is the NIV version. I'm going to read starting from verse 35. Just follow along. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. Verse 36. What do you want me to do for you? He asked. They replied, let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. You don't know what you are asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? We can, they answered. And Jesus said to them, you will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. But to sit at the, my right or left is not for me to grant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Our fleshly nature tends to elevate who we are, even for those of us who are in Christ. Jesus teaches us that our stature is not in our titles or positions. Our stature is in our willingness to give of Ourselves, and even without a lot of notoriety. Joe Delaney didn't think for a moment about who he was or what his position was. He simply gave of himself. Jesus reminds us that all who look to him are to follow his example of being a servant. He is also our servant in the present and he is always available for you. He has always been present because of his love for us. And that goes back to just reading the very passage of Deuteronomy 31, 6. But let's take a look at where that comes from in Hebrews. Hebrews 13, chapter, uh, Hebrews chapter 13, verses 5 and 6. Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6. Verse 5, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Amen. We saw earlier how Jesus emptied himself to live as a man and as a humble servant in Philippians 2, verse 7. And he challenges each of us to live the same way with our brothers and sisters. Turn to John 12, verse 26. John 12, verse 26. Verse 26, John chapter 12. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. A servant for Christ is reminded that he or she has to truly die to self to live for Jesus. In John chapter 11, verses 25 and 26, NIV version Verse 25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? It's a great question, isn't it? This is where faith comes in. The gift of faith gives you what you need to believe the words that Jesus tells you. And that's the key, believing the words that Jesus is telling us. Point number three, his acts of love. Jesus often speaks of the love of God for his people. And it is always there for anyone who cares to see it and receive it. He wants his love for us to be conveyed to those he has called us to proclaim the truth of his gospel message. As you know, in John chapter three, verses 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. And let's talk more about this love again. Please turn to Matthew 22, verses 36 through 40. And it's important, I know that I've referenced this passage before in other lessons, but I think we need to be reminded of the basic essentials of faith in the Lord. And remember the truths that come from it. Verse 36 of Matthew chapter 22. This is the Christian Standard Bible version. Teacher, which command in the law is the greatest? Verse 37, he said to him, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and most important command. The second is like it which means it's just as equally important, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets depend on these two commands. If we could just remember to love God and love our neighbors as ourselves. The foundation of everything that we see that comes from Jesus are acts of love for his people. And that's how he wants us to live too. The fundamental way that we share God's word is with a loving heart and a concern for the salvation of others. After all, that's what Jesus has provided for us. Salvation in taking away the penalty of our sins. The penalty of our sins. John chapter 1 verse 29 The next day he saw Jesus coming toward him, that being John the Baptist, and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. John knew who he was. The Lamb of God. We need to have this remedy for our sin. Because in Romans 3.23, it says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And what is the penalty for Sin. Go to Romans chapter 6, verse 23. Romans chapter 6, verse 23. This is the English Standard Version. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And how do we deal with this sin in our lives? First John chapter 1, verse 9 tells us. First John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's the work that only our divine Savior can do. It's because of his act of love and giving his life for us on the cross that he does these things. Are you still worried about dying? We're all going to die one day. Prayerfully, it will take place with a secure knowledge that when you cross over, you will see Jesus face to face. It is admirable when we see how others have given their lives were complete strangers but these people are not strange to Jesus he knows every one of them and he gave his life for them to complete his mission on earth we do not need to wonder what's going to happen to us when we die Jesus has all of this taken care of if we believe in him as Lord and Savior I want you to turn to 1 John chapter 3, and let's look at verses 23 and 24. 1 John 3, verses 23 and 24. 1 John 3, verse 23. Now this is his command, that we believe in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, And love one another as he commanded us. The one who keeps his commands remains in him and he in him. And the way we know that he remains in us is from the spirit he has given us. Amen. That's love. His assurance means we don't need to fear. Father, thank you for this lesson that you've taught us about how our faith is so important in believing the words you give to us about what it means to be in eternity with you. And Lord, we thank you for the teaching that comes from it. Lord, we pray that you will give us the hearts and minds to not be fearful. Lord, there is a day coming when we will no longer be here. But, Lord, we pray that when that time comes, we will be right with you in eternity as your word promises. I thank you, Lord, for your teaching. I thank you for how your word resonates through us. That you love us. You show the importance of being servants before you. You show the importance of being obedient to your word. And we thank you, Lord, for what you did for us on the cross. Lord, bolster us up. Teach us. Help us with our faith when we seem to lack it. Strengthen us, Lord. In these times, we need your strength. And we thank you, Lord, for the example that you set for us. Bless us now, Lord, and we give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you once again for joining me for this message today for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio. Look us up on the web, akronalliance.org, on Facebook, on our Facebook page for Akron Alliance Fellowship, and also on our YouTube channel, the Akron Alliance Fellowship YouTube channel as well, too. God bless you. Take care of yourselves, and we'll see you next time.